0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I am James, and with me is Joe. Good day, folks, and Chris. Hi there. And like uh, any good comic book or MCU movie, we have teased today's guest for a long time since the beginning
1: of the podcast. I was going to say, I think it might be have been since like the first episode. Honestly, I think think so. I think since
0: the first episode, his name has come up. He's been in the background. He's been a longtime supporter of the podcast. So I'm, I'm very happy to welcome Mint's uh, classic X-Men, uh, classic X-Men expert. And uh, the mad titan of mint condition, Marco <laughs> Esposito. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That wild. oh
3: boy. Thank you very much, James, for that intro. I'm not, <laughs> I only hope that I can live up to half of that. Uh, uh, Joe and Chris, it's great talking to you guys. Oh, uh, you. I've been listening to you guys since the beginning and uh, really looking forward to this for a while. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Oh, it's our it's our pleasure. We've been looking Seriously. forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about this for a while and um, we're so glad that you uh, were able to come on. Um, so you're a fan of the show. So you you know how this works. This is your official like solo issue, issue number one <laughs> mm-hmm. into the uh, mint condition uh, podcast community proper. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start like I, I have with every guest and say, what was the thing that got you into pop culture, comics and all the things that we uh, talk about in the show?
3: Okay, so probably nothing sexy. However, um, seeing as how I was born in 1973, um, I would say that the one thing that got me into pop culture would have been Star Wars. And it's the thing that I remember very vividly uh the most from from that time period i saw it with my father at uh beacon theater in port washington in 1977 when it came out and i was barely four years old so i remember seeing it with him i remember uh in 1980 when empire strikes back came out and we look forward to uh return of the jedi it was it was all-encompassing for me it had the toys um I even I even enjoyed the Christmas holiday special back in 1978 for what it was. Oh, that is
1: hardcore. Man. A- exactly oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> as terrible as that was, as terrible as that is uh, as it was. I remember buying a copy, a VHS copy of it, only bootleg, of course, um, in at, at a comic book convention in 1996 just to have it. So uh, Star Wars was my entry into what we would say the pop culture world.
0: Uh, well, I, happy life day to you, Arco. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, all, all the things that they've done with Star Wars and, and Disney Plus is still not approved that special yet, which is surprising to me. But, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, well, so since Star Wars was your entry point mm-hmm. um, and everything that went along with it, at what point did you start getting into comic books and that type, that genre?
3: Okay. So uh, I loved, 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 loved Spider-Man. I I. I Although I was a Batman fan, I love Spider-Man. It was probably um, watching the reruns from the 60s show during the 70s. And mm-hmm. in the early 80s, you had Spider-Man and his amazing friends. You had um, the colors. You had other superheroes, their powers. It was just the coolest thing. The way that they talked, the the, the uh, character actors, the voice actors, they, were, they just lured me right in. Um, and that was um, my entry into the Marvel world. Um, From there, you learned about things like um, Fantastic Four, um, the (laughs) X-Men, who I didn't know who they were when they showed up on the show. No idea whatsoever. And uh, pretty much Spider-Man has always been my number one hero that I would love reading no matter what. And, And even though he, wasn't as big of a hero as maybe uh, Thor or, you know, as a cosmic hero, like silver surfer, he was always like, "Eh, you're, your everyday hero, a working man's hero. So that's what I really enjoyed about him.
2: The blue
0: collar hero.
3: The blue collar hero. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What would you, do you remember like your, so, I mean, I, I remember Spider-Man the amazing, I mean, his amazing friends too. That was like one Mm -hmm. of my favorite shows growing up as well. Right. Um, do you remember your first Spider-Man comic book?
3: Well, uh, I will tell you what my first comic book was. It wasn't Spider-Man. It was Secret Wars, uh, excuse me, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars issue number 11. Oh, I well, really it, that, dove into the deep
1: end there to start. Yeah, you yeah. sounded kind of like Keith over there with <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are, yeah, wow. <laughs> Jumped into Infinite Crisis. That's, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, pretty
3: much. Um, by that point, of course, uh, I knew who you know a lot of Marvel characters were. But I had never really picked up a book, and I remember being with my father, I was, uh, what was I, I was 11 years old, no, yeah, I was 11 years old, going on 12, and uh, I saw this issue, and it just looked so cool, so I said, you know, let me buy this, I bought it, had no idea what was going on, none whatsoever, I mean, you're on a 12 issue limited series, and here's issue number 11, and um This is when, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Secret Wars, but this is uh, when the Beyonder takes everybody off planet, puts them together Mm -hmm. to fight the uh, villains that he takes also for infinite power. And uh, at the end, Dr. Doom, with a bolt out of the blue, as it was foretold, kills Mm -hmm. them all. (laughs) And in that issue, I first saw... The X Men. I I saw the Avengers, and I, I really had no idea who these people were, but they just looked so cool to me. So that was my uh, oh, and a black costume Spider Man. I had no idea why did he have a black costume, and um, after I bought the twelfth issue, I went back and I started uh, trying to find the other issues in that series, and it put all the pieces together.
1: So let me ask you, if you don't mind, Arco, no. do you? Looking back now, would you say that you you got into comics that this was a good entry point for you, or did you sort of get into comics in spite of it? Because I can certainly think of like some storylines, Secret Wars being one, in which, like you said, you know, why is Spider Man in a black costume, and what's going on here, and why is everybody dead? Like, you know, it's easy to go, I have no idea what's going on, this is overwhelming. Versus, oh, this is super cool, I want to know what happened. So, do you think you that you do you think that was a a good entry point for you, or do you feel as though you sort of got into comics sort of in spite of that?
3: Um, I think it, I think it's a little bit of both. I uh, I did get into comics in spite of that. However, it was a good entry point for me because obviously I had a lot of interest in what I was seeing in the con- in the characters on the on the pages, what I was seeing on television, and it kind of like just put it all together for me. Just in in that one issue and then the series, and even though that was the first series that I ever bought, it quickly spiraled and avalanched totally out of control where I was buying Spider-Man, Avengers, X-Men. I mean, I was it, it was uh, like every other comic book geek from the 80s, you bought 10 or 12 issues every single month when they came out just so you can, you know, feel like you know everything.
2: Yeah, they got the hook on sure, you. I, sure. When I was a kid, I right started with yeah. a couple of books, Superman and Batman, and then after that, it was uh, everything. And then by the, the summer of 68, I discovered Marvel Comics, and there was even more. And it was just, there was enough odd jobs in the neighborhood to get enough money to buy all the comics, or enough bottles right. to buy, enough <laughs> bottles to change. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I can't remember,
1: Joe. Did you know? Did, did you say that your first job was for the local blacksmith? Were you shoeing horses at that point? I don't remember. Uh
2: yeah, the local black, the local smithy up on Fulton and in, and uh, in, uh, Cleveland, and uh, I, I think I did some odd jobs for the marshal.
0: Okay, okay, town. that, sounds, that
2: well, sounds kind of like Chester different. and Gunsmoke sweeping up, you know, things like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. <yeah.
0: laughs> uh, so when you when you got into um, the conflicts, did you immediately, like, I guess you immediately went to try to get back issues, right, Yes, Marco?
3: I, I immediately did, but, you know, uh, in Port Washington at the time, I had no idea where I would even mm-hmm. start that. So um, for me, the first place that I got into, I, that I was able to get uh, back issues was a place called mile high comics. And if you ever opened up a comic book in the eighties, they are advertised in every single comic book that they have lots and lots of back issues. It was in Denver, Colorado. And Mm -hmm. to me, it it seemed like this was the Mecca of where all comic books go to (laughs) once they've taken off the shelf, this is where they go to, and this is where you have to get them from. Um, So that's, I I would order and it was great. And and it was, it, it was, Looking back on it, it, was such an archaic way of doing it. You send them money, you 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 give them a checklist, and then they say hopefully send you back what you want. But a lot of times they don't even have it. You couldn't you couldn't tell ahead of time. And uh, kids today have no idea how how easy it is, how easy they have yeah, right? it. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, no joke.
3: <laughs> absolutely. But but quickly after that, um, somebody, my uncle, my uncle uh, Tony, uh, told me. When he realized I, I enjoyed uh, comic books and everything, he goes, I have a place for you that, that sells comic books. And he took me to Creation Comics in Mineola. And,
0: oh, I remember that. I remember them, yeah. I remember I remember them, yeah.
3: And um, I was at their original location, which was on the right-hand side of uh, uh, Jericho Turnpike. And the, which wow. then they moved across the street. Uh, then they shut down. But one person ended up opening up his own place in Albertson called The Realm. Uh, so, uh, me and my friends would be, you know, we'd be on Saturdays, we hop on a bus and we go, you know, creation or the realm. And we, that's where we get our comic books.
2: The Rome, was that Steve?
3: Yes, it was. What? Big, tall, yeah, big, the... tall guy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I remember the Rome, sure. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's, uh, pretty much the only way that we were able to get our books until Mint opened in late
0: 1988. Well, before mm-hmm. we go into Mint, where, where were you, and before you found comic book stores, where were you getting your books?
3: Uh, J- Jack Stationery, where I oh, also okay. work, where I also worked uh, when I was when when I was young in the in the 80s. So every time something came in, I would uh, buy them, you know, right away. And so I only had one issue of everything at the time. I wasn't buying multiple issues, <laughs> and uh, pretty much whenever it came out, I would get the. Uh, I, I would, you know, we didn't. Get, we only had like three or four issues of, of of them anyway. So if I didn't get them right away, they'd be gone
0: wow that's yeah. where it was cool so and i could be again before we get into men, and you speak when did you get into dc because we've only talked about the marvel <laughs> side
3: um i got into dc and as you know i only barely have ever been in dc just enough to get my toes wet i guess but i i know what's going on um, um i got into dc when uh jason todd was killed in 1988 and I had just missed out on voting on uh, on calling up and voting for him to get killed, uh, but I didn't know the character. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know him as Robin. All I know is that kids were talking about it in 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 school, and I picked up the issue right after he died, uh, like when uh, I guess it was a. Uh, uh, what, what was the name of the issue is that is that lonely death place to die uh, death in the family excuse me death in the family so uh, it was a four issue a uh, four part uh, series i picked up issue number three when uh, batman picks him up out of the rubble and he's dead
1: so this might be and the, and if this is like a uh, uh, can we need to kick down the road just for a minute that's fine too mm-hmm. but out of curiosity i'm I'm curious now because i i looking back now when i was like dc no marvel um it wasn't for reasons other than i had really just sort of gotten started on dc and i understood there was rivalry and i was Mm. supposed to pick a side but looking back now (laughs) like i know you said you just sort of got your toes wet do you do you feel strongly that your reasons for preferring marvel over dc have changed over the years or do you still find it to be sort of um that still sort of the same reasons hold true after all this time um Uh, or if they or if they even do or if they've changed
3: um uh, I think they've changed a little bit whereas back then I was strictly a Batman guy. So, uh don't forget between Death in the Family and then a little less than a year later you had the first Batman movie come out and growing up on the um Adam West Batman, I know Joe was talking about that recently you were watching the old uh, the 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 old episodes After growing up on that, you know, Batman would – other than Marvel, Batman would probably have been the only DC character that I felt, like, really comfortable with, uh, you know, and following in any way. So um, everybody else, to me, was not interesting when I was younger. Superman was – I guess at a young age i was like well, he could do anything and you know it just it, there was no interest for me and you know looking back on it though i was i was incorrect and there are a lot of good stories that i've read in the years past uh, on, on superman um mainly because of the writers because if you get a one writer who, who can't do it correctly then it, it, he's just he's just a you know big boy scout um but um i I have for the most part uh, Chris you're right it's been it's been difficult for me to find a foothold and stay happy in DC for too long and it, there's few and far between I, if you had to ask me I would say anything else worlds in DC to me is more interesting than their regular continuity comics
1: No I think th- I think that's a great answer it's funny yeah. because the answer you give makes a lot more sense to me now than, than when I was a kid. And I'd be like, no, Superman's Superman's cool because he can do mm. anything. But from a narrative standpoint, that's incredibly boring. So like, frankly, you, you have a way more mature answer as a kid than I did as I, when I was younger. So, yeah. so no, I, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate yeah, you. you. No, no problem. No problem. Yeah.
2: No. That's interesting, Arco. Um, you know. Um, oh, by the way, I, I voted to have the little prick killed. By the way, <laughs> that's Pot, like, so wow,
1: that's coming true. out spitting yeah. fire, Joe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I
2: didn't like the character. I still don't today. Yeah. Um, so, would you say? I mean, that's that. Like Chris said, that's a great, um, especially at a young age. You you had that great uh, take on on what you liked and didn't like. So, what? I mean, I know you're a big X Men mm-hmm. fan, but are you in the camp more of the of the street level superhero? Well the cosmic superhero
3: cool um well you know uh, Spider Man is your street level superhero for me daredevil love the daredevil i mm-hmm. love love a lot of daredevil stuff in the 80s um the um the kingpin saga that he had was was amazing and you can't say that that was anything but street level but it was the, the way that miller had put that together it was dirty and gritty and you felt everything that he went through and that made it awesome However, that being said, give me Starlin and Thanos and Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock mm-hmm. any day, and I am perfectly happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
3: think.
2: yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So,
3: yeah.
0: I mean, uh, I, as as I, I led, you know, alluded to in the opening, you know, with the Mad Titan thing, I think I was, and we've said before, I think you were the guy who really introduced me into Thanos and Silver mm-hmm. Surfer and the like. Your love for the Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity mm-hmm. War stuff is, uh, that's how I like came to it and really read it. So. Yeah. Um, um, I think you have like an equally vast knowledge of of Marvel cosmic, at least from around the Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. Infinity War, and thank the you, Infinity, thank you. <laughs> Infinity Crusade era. Was that was that the three primary um, stories? In,
3: Infinity for me, yes, those were the first three, and I stopped at Infinity War. Infinity Crusade was a bridge too far for me. I said, no, 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 I'm not <laughs> not going there. <laughs> so.
0: Um, so I guess now let's turn to it. So mint, your history of mint condition, when, when did, where, at what, which location did you find it at? And, um, what's some of your origins with going to the store?
3: Okay. Well, um, my, my origins of mint are a little bit, varied and sketchy so i hate to say this but i did not have a very good starting origin and i guess i'll i'll say it as uh, as it happened i did enjoy mint when it first opened up in uh in the late 80s and then me being a stupid kid uh you know I uh I got myself into trouble with the grocer's uh who owned the store. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, that didn't steal anything. <laughs> I just uh I I said I said something I shouldn't have and uh, you know what? After that I never went back and uh you know, so I never really apologized for that. So if they're listening, you know what? 48-year-old Arco says he's sorry. Um however, uh I still had you know, don't worry about it. I still got my comic books someplace. But uh <laughs> My second origin, because can't have just one, um, was in 2000, and um, I had, for the better part of five years, not collected any books at all. Um, in fact, in the 90s, I would say I really wasn't a collector, and I wasn't a reader. Now, don't get me wrong. I have all the issues from the 90s but that's because I had to pay double for them in when I got back into them after 2000. <laughs> so and that includes all the X-Men and everything. So I uh there was something that I had heard of which was Squadron Supreme uh trade paperback was being released and it was actually released a few years earlier. And I wanted to see if I could find it. There was a particular reason why I wanted it. So I decided to take a chance and go to uh, Mint, which was now on Port Washington Boulevard. Mm -hmm. I can honestly tell you that I do not remember who was working behind the desk. So I don't know if it was Rich. Uh, I'm not sure. James, if you were there at the time, I have no idea. All I know is that when I went in there to see if that was there, I don't know if I found it. However, what I did find was the, a small trade paperback of the Thanos quest, which I had been looking for, I swear to you, 10 years earlier because it came oh, out. It was wow. two issues.
1: That's no joke. It was wow. two
3: issues, and it, it, was, it was in between uh, Silver Surfer 38. Which was Ron Lim and John Sterling. And then leading into the Infinity War, which started in July or August of 1991. But in those two months in between, the Thanos quest was there. And they showed how he got to all of the gems, the Infinity Gems, because that's what they were called in the MCU, uh, in the Marvel um, Universe Mm -hmm. at the time. And I never was able to find it, and lo and behold, this two-part trade paperback was right there in front of me, and it was it was kismet, and I, I, I couldn't tell you how much I, I enjoyed that. I sent a picture to James the other day. I still have that issue. I still read it probably five, six times a year.
1: Nice. That's, cool. yeah. Yeah. that's great.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so that was my, uh, I would say that that's my second official origin with Mink Condition.
1: And did
0: you ever get the Squadron Supreme trade paperback? I, <laughs> I did.
3: I did. And I ended up selling it a few years ago when I was selling all my, all my stuff. I don't know why I didn't keep it. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go buy another one. Uh, yes, I did get the Squadron Supreme uh, trade paperback. The reason I wanted that, uh, we'll get into more Squadron a little later, but um, that particular book had the ashes of – the writer of those 12 mm-hmm. issues mark Runewald, mixed in there because that was his passion project he loved it he loved doing that series so much that uh, he said that when he died he wanted to be somehow part of the whole process and they uh, they they mixed his ashes into the ink
0: yes yeah, you said you sent us a, a link
1: prior to this this uh, episode I, I shared with uh, Joe and Chris about that as well. So yeah, it was yep. so wild to hear about that and realize that like because I mean here my my knowledge of comics is not very deep, honestly. Mm-hmm. like like looking at it, it's it's easy to see just how much I've missed. Um, but that just it feels so wild that I just so entirely missed it that i I hadn't even even heard of Squadron Supreme. At all, like mm-hmm. it just it was bonkers to me because it it, it sounds like um, and it was interesting listening to the interview, too, because, you know, he was asked, uh, I can't, can't remember who it was, was asked, you know, do you think it was ahead of its time? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, because Watchmen came out a year later and was well received. Like, if anything, we were behind, you know, but um, mm-hmm. but that kind of narrative that hadn't been told before and that has become so popular. Um, it's just kind of amazing to me that I'd never even heard about it. So, so yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing that. But no, not a problem. So if make. you
3: you have a chance to pick up that uh, trade paperback or or the issues, <laughs> I, I promise you, you will not be disappointed in 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 the story and the art. I, it was really well done. Uh, to the point that I've told James that, um, you know, X Men aside. If if anybody asks me what I uh, what I would recommend them to read, twelve uh, the trade paperback of uh, Squadron Supreme, my right, hands down.
1: I mean, well, mm-hmm. Tom. I mean, it's on my list now mm-hmm. since you had mm-hmm. mentioned it previously and and shared that video clip with us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I hope you which enjoy. I don't know, James, if you were able to share in the the episode notes or whatever. But I think yeah, I'll, that's... I'll put
0: that I'll put that YouTube link in there. Oh, in it's the, great. In the it's like a
1: twelve or thirteen minute video, so it's not long at all, but it's it's super that's compelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And this is probably a good time to uh, our non-sponsor hoopla, where you can get Squadron Supreme <laughs> trade paper back if you can't afford to buy it. All you need is your library card. But if I mean, you can't afford really, to buy, really it... we
1: really need to come up with a canned ad for that, so we can really just go to commercial because it's just we're just yeah. due. I think
0: it'd be, it'd be nice if they would support us too. But we'll we'll take we'll take sharing the free information that people can read comics even if they're on a budget, just have a <laughs> library card. Um, well, so with the, I guess we're going to talk more sp- probably Squadron Supreme in a little bit because I have some additional questions to ask you. Mm-hmm. But with your finding of a Thanos quest, did that reignite your fire to collect? Was that that the spark you started getting books at meant regularly? Or
3: um, so no, I believe that uh, I I, th- I believe that whoever I spoke to at the time. Again, th- th- this is the shaky part, so I don't remember who who had spoken to me. However, when I went back one other time. I saw Ultimate Spider-Man uh, up on the shelf, and I believe, and now this is in 2000, so it had only started probably from six or seven or eight eight months prior. So, um, I, 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 James, I really do believe it was you, and you were the one who told me that uh, if it, if you were working there at the time. I can't remember anybody else though, uh, there. Uh, that at, at that time that was telling me that that was marvel's way of like resetting everything for the younger um for for younger readers for a, a starting point and i um <laughs> i saw that the back issues were really expensive and i'm like what what the hell <laughs> and uh you know oh, i'd it, forgotten but who,
1: that but you're right they were yeah. they yeah. were, they were really expensive, expensive totally like in the 20
3: 30 that. and i'm like what this just came out why is this so much and and um, and and he told me why, and uh, and whoever told me why. So um, I I started reading that, <laughs> and it was one of those things where I'm reading it, and I noticed that the comics, the, the way that they were writing, wasn't the way that I had been I had been programmed to read comic books way back in the day. Like he, uh, who who was the uh, it was Bri- uh, Michael Bendis, uh, Brian Michael Bendis was the writer. No and, letter, and I
1: think, was the artist, right? No Bagley, Michael. Uh, Bagley, yeah, and Bagley, and you would
3: have this huge, huge. You had to have three or four panels on on the screen. I mean, on the page, and just a few thought bubbles with one or two words in it. And, and you would have the same exact look for like three or four panels, and nothing changes. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on here? Um, there wasn't there wasn't that much action. I know it was a teen, it was a teen driven book. Um, you know, Ultimate Spider Man, but. Uh, you know, the story got me. And, um, and a few months later, I got into the X, the ultimate X-Men. So that was, uh that was great. And, um, you know, then the ultimate world got me also. And as James alluded to, in one of the earlier podcasts, I definitely was the kind of person to buy multiple, multiple, multiple issues of these things. Yeah. And as I'm going through my boxes of comic books that I have right here, right next to me, every single box has got like, a dozen of every single issue from <laughs> from issue ten of ultimate spider man and ultimate x men on I have th- a dozen easily i'm like what, what was i thinking
0: <laughs> i well you were very passionate about the books at the time i, will yeah, say. I sure was um, <laughs> no, i, I mean, mean you even got the um the variant cover of Ultimate X Men number one. The oh yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I, uh, I ended up selling that one. Uh, that was that was a that was a expensive one to get, but I did make money on it at the time. I didn't hold on to that one to, for too long. I, you know what the problem is. I just, I wanted to read it. <laughs> I wanted, yeah. even though I knew the story, I just wanted to hold it in my hand and open it and everything. I said, no, this is going to be bad. So let me get rid of this.
0: <laughs> right. And <laughs> you know? well, I I bring that up, especially because you mm-hmm. love the cover so much, but also that was at a time mm-hmm. where the variant covers were, there were not as many, like everyone's doing variant covers now. They do variants mm-hmm. upon variants, but that was like a very rare and special thing that you've got a hold of that that
3: yes. um, that cover so yeah that was uh, the uh brian brian hitch um variant cover if i'm not mistaken where he's yes. uh,
1: yeah where
3: half of it is colored and the other half is just uh is uh, just penciled and uh yeah that oh, that was yeah, that was very I good i
1: remember seeing that one yeah. on the shelf mm-hmm.
0: too Yep. Yeah. yeah wow so uh, outside of the ultimate books, did you, I don't know if you collect- I, I only remember the ultimate books, but were you collecting any other regular titles at that time?
3: Yeah, I was, uh, I made the mistake of getting back into the X-Men and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and that was a very yeah. weird time to get into them. So I got into the X-Men right before, uh, Morrison took over and oh when, when he took over a, it was like, mm, I was like okay what did you just do I mean a a lot of people forget That most of the mutants Didn't die in House of M Most of them died on Genosha When the Sentinels took over And and, and destroyed the island Where 16 million of them died Right then and there I mean everybody forgets that that happened in 2000 2001 And I did not like that at all (laughs) I didn't like I didn't like Quietly's art I didn't like Morrison's writing I didn't like the fact that they were making fun of the uniforms that I had grown up with. Um, And I know that, you know, uh, the movies now was out and the uniforms weren't, uh, you know, spandex wasn't cool. I get it. I understand it. However, I felt like they were taking a shot at their longstanding um, readers from the past. And, you know, maybe a 32, 33 year old person shouldn't be reading comic books, but you know what? I, I was, and I felt like it was a shot across the bow for me.
1: No, that,
2: you know, yeah, I hated that run. I'm right there with you. I, I There's nothing about that Morrison on that. A, I understood. Right, right. And B, I yeah, like. I agree. See, that's, so, yes, I agree.
1: Uh, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's a thin, it's a real thin lie. We talked about this in a much, much earlier episode about um Galaxy Quest. And how Galaxy Quest manages to strike that perfect balance between like having like having good fun with the genre mm-hmm. and the archetypal characters and situations. Mm-hmm. But, but as a sci-fi fan, as a fan of Star Trek, as a fan of Star Wars, I never once felt like they were mocking me. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is. It can be a real thin line. It sounds like they really they ended up making you feel like they were mocking you while taking your money, which, you know, they're not the first ones to do it. They were not yeah. last, but, um, yeah. but, but that's, that's but, really unfortunate. But, but
3: like Joe, like Joe said, um, and, and that Joe said, it, 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 I'm glad you feel the same way, Joe. I, the, the, the artwork. I mean, I, I didn't like the way that most of them were being portrayed and I didn't like secondary mutations. You know, it wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Uh, One of the best things about the X Men, and it's a theme that uh, I mean, I'm sure we all know and uh, and know about, is that they are different, and you know they've been uh, they've been different their whole lives, and this is and and they have to deal with it, and the world has to deal with it, and everything. Um, The fact that they they made them so uh, I don't know normalized to me was it was went against the whole the whole thing that they were fighting for in 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 the 70s and 80s so i i, I took offense to that
2: right the, the, the x men are a metaphor for marginalized 100 and it didn't and it didn't seem that way under under the under um what's his name Morrison. yeah yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah so that's why
0: it, did, it didn't it yeah. for us yeah was there anything else you were collecting at that point or is it just the x men uh, you got back
1: into
3: n- oh, let's see <laughs> well my seventeen long boxes of yes. comic books will tell you that I do. I was collecting lots of stuff back then, um, pretty much everything that was popular. So, uh, Ultimates came out with three or four different lines. The Fantastic Four, yeah. um, anything that was uh, new and exciting, I was I was picking up from Marvel. Uh, new event, so I had the Avengers when they were running, when they were um, ending their run, and, and so they could go into new Avengers. Well, basically, House of M. Then New Avengers, that was big. Um, For me, the artwork, to me, on New Avengers was fantastic. Hitch went on uh, to that, and uh, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. The story, though, got real boring real fast. So, um, you know, it it just... You know, one of the things that was bothering me a lot in the 2000s was these stories were not going... Like, they were not moving along. Uh, They were they really milked every single dime out of you to get these stories to move along it wasn't even like 12 issue limited series it was like you had to by issue 12 you may or may not know exactly what's been happening the, for the last year and it really started to bother me
0: which is interesting because we talked about that in our state of the union that's going on now then they have like they're they're writing um, storylines for the tr- they're like their trade specific storylines now mm-hmm. but but even multiple trade storylines like you even if you finish a trade paperback now and some issues of some comics that recently came out, you still don't get the full, the full no, story.
3: Not, not at all. And and um, and I know, I know that we talk about trade paperbacks. You guys talk about trade paperbacks when it comes to some of the comics and everything. Um, that you know, some of my favorite storylines and X Men also it was um uh, was a marvel wide event or marvel marvel wide events but the trade paperbacks were you know it, you could buy one of them and you would have all of them in there and you wouldn't have to worry about mm-hmm. any, any so it, it's it's got it got a little bit out of out of hand for me and uh, for me uh, you know the end was civil war
2: yes i heard you speak about that uh, with jason in your in your, in your podcast yep. and i wanted to yep. ask you about that what Before I ask you that question, though, I have another question about the new Avengers, and because I want to see if we're Mm -hmm. on the same page or not. Do you think that Spider-Man and Daredevil belong in the Avengers?
3: (laughs) I forgot that Daredevil.
2: I forgot the devil right? was
3: in the Avengers. Now that you tell me. Yeah. So <laughs> well, uh, if I'm not mistaken though, Joe, if I'm not mistaken, that he was asked to be in it and he did he he said no after maybe like one or two issues, and he recommended right. Echo be part of it. And who oh, at the time was Ronin, and nobody knew who Ronin was, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that's so that's
3: how Ronin got into it all. And uh, um no. For me, no. The Avengers uh, was always well, pretty much. Spider Man was always on his own. He can never be in a group. Yeah. Um, he can never work well with the group, and this is why the three Spider Man in the movies did not work well together. Because <laughs> um, spoiler <laughs> alert, um, and and Daredevil also, uh, he's just he's too much of a loner and too much of a uh, one man gang uh, has always been, and uh, uh, this is why. Um, even even his uh, team ups with people like Electra, they were fleeting at best, and 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 they never really worked together. They were almost at each other's throats most of the time. They were never really working together. So,
2: all right. So the next question is, why did you stop after Civil War?
3: Uh, I, they, I, I, I hated the story. Hated the story. Um, <laughs> Uh, to be quite honest with you, I was team cap the entire way. (laughs) So, uh, and just as I was in the movies also, um, and I did not like the actual realism of it all because up until that Mm. point, nobody ever thought about the, um, uh, the innocence and the damage, uh, The only time you ever really thought about what was going on after these battles, when Marvel came out with a a little bit of a parody series called Damage Control, which is now really part of the MCU, Mm -hmm. a really serious thing, but uh, yeah, yeah, you'd have this little rinky-dink outfit, you know, cleaning up all the messes when Galactus would come and try and eat New York City, and uh, everything would be Mm -hmm. clean uh, right away. So they made it real, and I, you know, hell, how did Civil War start? Well, started because they wanted to make a reality TV show, and uh, you know the new mm-hmm. warriors wanted to be you know big uh, stars again at one at, at some point or other, and uh, you know they got ended up getting killed. Along, you know, the only person still alive was Speedball, and um, you know that was a little bit too real for me. And I think that the fact that I needed to buy fifty freaking issues to understand what the <laughs> hell was going on at like two ninety five a pop was the end for me and i couldn't do it any longer
2: i understand that because that's the way i feel about it. identity crisis with no. dc mm. it got too real at that point i think those are the two series civil war and identity crisis that took the um the g factor off actor uh why of i kid However comic
3: joe books? if i may, if i may say i enjoyed identity crisis for what it was but realized that i did not know who Gene palmer was i or if that was her real name right. it was a g, Gene palmer i can't remember it G, uh, uh, it, it was G, Gene Palmer. Okay, G. I had no idea who that was. Great. I had no idea who the fake plastic man was. <laughs> okay, I have, I have no idea exactly. <laughs> no so idea that okay. the elongated man? Are you kidding me? I know plastic man. Yeah. So uh, to me, I thought I thought it was a great story. Um, I, I thought that how they used uh, uh, not the Doctor Light or whatever what they did there.
1: I mean, yeah, Doctor Light. That was.
3: It was to me. It was cutting. It was cutting edge kind of storyline. I understand why people would be upset by it, but um, you know, it definitely kicked you a little bit and said, "Oof," you know. But hell, they did it in freaking seven issues. I didn't need thirty, to, you know, thirty issues to figure it out. They did it in seven.
2: Yeah, wasn't a cash grab yeah. like Civil War was. I yeah. agree with that. But the, the other element of Civil that.
1: War that I had that like the, the, one of the reasons I think the movie worked much better. Um, was because there was ambiguity in the movie, whereas I didn't feel like mm-hmm. narratively it was very interesting in the comics because, in my opinion, Tony is clearly in the wrong, as opposed to the movie where I'm going like, okay, I can see where he's coming from. In the comics, I really couldn't see where he was coming from. He just ended up feeling like a mouthpiece. Um, and and that was what I took issue with with the mm-hmm. comic was that there was no ambiguity there. Um, so I didn't I didn't feel like there was the kind of Conversation that could be engendered, the that was engendered by like the choices made in the MCU. In my opinion,
3: well, it's funny you say that, and we won't get on the Civil War tangent for too long. I sure, hope, sure. But, but I will say this: Tony's um being against Cap, and you know, Team Tony back in Civil War in the comics. I think the the reason behind it was totally sound. 800 people, 600 people dead, 50, 60, 70 kids, fine. But from that to basically building a prison in the negative zone where him Reed Richards and a whole bunch of other you know um, heroes are now putting their friend heroes in there and you know whether you know villains or heroes, if you don't sign on the dotted line, you're going in there. That to me was like it was within one issue, two issues. It was ridiculous and totally not what tony stark was about
1: right no i mean i, I mean absolutely yes. and again it was okay. like you said the, the change happened quickly and also yeah a lot of people died a lot of people died in the decades up to that so we don't even get to see the weight of it all finally coming down on tony right. whereas admittedly we have the luxury of the mcu building to it but like we get to see his mistakes catch up with him, whereas in the comics, the mistakes would catch up with him, and then he'd sort of fight them back, and he'd feel kind of bad. But it, but there was nothing indicating he would make the kind of change he made in Civil War in the comics. Right. right. I agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will actually, and this is because I've only, I, I mean, I haven't read it recently, but I read it all at once, and I, and I got it. Um, through the library, I enjoyed Civil War the comic, but I didn't have to like spend all the money to enjoy it. Like I read the <laughs> trades like many years later, <laughs> when I could just rent it out for free and take out all the associated trades that I want to. And um, so I enjoyed the story. Uh, and I also, and I'm rereading right now through Hoopla as the the new Avengers that we're speaking about. But mm-hmm. I, w- I will say that I'm, I'm only the first few issues in, which might have been the best part of it. So I, I have not read all of new Avengers. Cause I just, I did, wasn't reading that stuff back then. I think the only thing I was reading outside of the ultimate books, back when this stuff was coming out, I was reading, um, I read some Batman and I was reading just the, JMS's Spider-Man. Uh, was, he was still writing Spider-Man when I think Spider-Man became part of the Avengers. So uh, that was it. So I didn't have any exposure really to the other heroes until much later on um, in but, more recent years.
1: But that's what I'll also say about, you know, Civil War is that I didn't have the investment in the characters that a lot of other people did. So I could still, despite the fact that I, I stand by what I said about the narrative and it feeling um, a, just a little too binary, was that I also didn't have the same investment. So as you're watching these heroes make these choices, they didn't impact me the same way that, that they impacted you, right? Which I think is why there are certain stories being told. I think that's why, like, I sort of take the DC films so personally right now, um, and, and why I have for a while, as opposed to like MCU, where, um, I'm a little, it's a little easier for me to roll with the punches because yeah. I don't know the characters as well. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. don't have some of these, I don't have the history with some of the characters, a lot of the characters really.
2: Well, those, those books, uh, Civil War, and I want to get back to, I'll just be mentioned again, um, Identity Crisis, uh, standalone, they're not, they're not terrible books, you know, story wise. But I would, I would always, I would like to think that they were like an Elseworlds type of story because, as I said before, once you tell that type of story in Civil War and uh, in identity crisis, you there's no mm-hmm. going back. And I think when you look at comic books today, where they're written today, and I'm, I'm not reading that many, and I will, I will, uh, I will plug one, and Chris knows which, which one that is. I,
1: I really um, have no idea. You've you've never done it before, so I I couldn't even begin to guess. <laughs>
2: Right, I mean, you know, the, the, a book like The Flash is is few and far between. It's fun. It's it's, it's it uh, it's uh, it's light, and you, you don't get that anymore. And I think you can go back. I'm not saying it was just the, pro- the, the the fault of Civil War and Identity Crisis, but those are two touchstones that I think that maybe the industry that had to do over again might think twice about printing those two stories. That's that's all that's the effect it had on me i i you know But well, i my, think it my, depends my... on
1: how you how you deploy things yeah. storytelling devices too right like you you said there's something i think well joe it was either you or arco or both of you that said there's some things there's no coming back from but inevitably yeah. comics right. do come back from it so it creates a problem within the i think within the um sort of the 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 medium itself because that's sort of its nature is to bounce back sort of rubber band like which is why you know nobody stays dead for all this for all the you know for all the characters who've come back there were some that we thought okay but these characters have stayed dead there's no reason they'll come back now and then of course they do so it also depends on like how you deploy a device in a story i think you know um arco you had mentioned the the gut punch the 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 kick in the ribs that you get from identity crisis Mm -hmm. and um and and that's true, you do. The problem that I sometimes have is that then we don't really see the fallout. The fallout's not really considered, it's just used because sometimes it's like, all right, well, um, what's the worst thing that we can imagine? Yeah. Okay, do that. But it's not really thought of with with regards to the story. I used to play D D with um a guy, he would run these these campaigns with Dungeons and Dragons, and um, and he would use sort of the same the same imagery to sort of to depict evil, and and for our listeners, you know, the thing about role playing Dungeons and Dragons, some of these other games, excuse me, is you can get into some sort of dark, in, into some dark stories. And so, you know, this this DM that I played with, Dungeon Master, who'd run this game, you know, to really depict true evil, um, it would be much like uh, much like Civil War, uh, and 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 uh, the the linchpin of the whole story is dead children the problem is that's that is horrific and i'm not saying that we shouldn't have it in stories it's just that you really have to think about the weight of what you're doing before you just go ahead and deploy it just for a story right so i just i just think sometimes that mm-hmm. approach needs to be a little bit more measured and i think that sometimes you end up with this sensational aspect that you know it just doesn't serve the story and the result is you end up with like oh It's another one of these stories where they're going for the gut punch, but they've done this several times before. So why would I feel it? So I think you have to deploy carefully, especially given that, you know, comic book readers have a lot. We have a long memory. We just do. That's that's what you want Mm. from a good comic book reader consumer as the as the, you know, the creator of comic books. You want that, but also it can work against you. You got to be careful.
3: I have a long memory. You're absolutely right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I remember it all? Yeah, I yeah. Well, I mean, and that's and that's well, and that's one of the things that I always found most interesting in talking to you, Arco, was that you were able to like reel off characters, events, that sort of thing, and talk about where different oh, yeah. stories fit into the greater narrative. And it it very it very quickly could color, and I'm sure we'll get into this in in um, you know the next episode because there are some specifics that I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting because it does color the narrative. It was easy for me as a newcomer to say like ultimate Spider-Man and the ultimates to be like, Oh, this is so cool. Like what, you know, what great storytelling. And, you know, you could be there to say, to either confirm, yes, this is a thing that hasn't been done before Mm -hmm. or to like color expectations and be like, well, they have done it before, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's, that's part of what makes this either more or less interesting. So having that kind of knowledge really does color the rest of the story for good or for ill.
3: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you one hundred percent, and uh, it, it, we will talk about it later. I hope, but that really what you're what you're describing to me. It comes down to one word, and, and how a series and like the X Men specifically worked so well for so long, and that's continuity. And if you have it, mm-hmm. and it, you were even through more than one book, it will it will all make sense. You can go back and find the issues if you can't get them in trade paperback or whatever, and you can read the story as it goes. And it really just comes back to continuity for me, anyway.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. Sure, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've said it many times on this podcast, and, and uh, you know, I think the Len Wein said it best. He's like, the your best writer and your worst writer are connected by continuity. So you better be careful what you put in continuity. Right. <laughs> Even, you know, I, I mean, mean, DC, I guess, has the advantage they. You just keep rebooting with crises over and over again. So if you if you didn't if you did if you, it you did like identity me. crisis, well, that's okay because that happened somewhere else in the timeline, you know. But you remember what happened to those mm-hmm. characters, I guess. And and to go that's to your point, so Argo, lazy, yeah. And to Argo for your point with mm-hmm. Civil War, I guess I also enjoyed Civil War maybe a little bit more because my feelings were I wasn't as had the deep uh knowledge at the time i read it of these characters so it was a little bit like when you read identity crisis like i could go along for this ride yeah. because i only had a superficial sort of like the only character really in there i was deeply invested in was spider-man and I don't even think Daredevil's in that. So those are the only two characters that he I... He is. Really- he's,
1: br- he's briefly in it, and yeah. they and they briefly. mostly just show him getting arrested, so... Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I was like, so all these other
0: people's like, I know about them, but I really don't have enough knowledge about them to, to care enough mm-hmm. that they're beating the crap out of characters I may love and care about and don't agree with their personality changes, so... Um, but let's, um, as we, we're starting to bring this this episode with you to a close, I, I, have, to, I have to ask, and we've mm-hmm. been asking our guests recently, um, what is, I guess... And is releasing the chat because you commented on it. What what would be a book you would recommend to a new reader, or books?
3: Uh, we're talking about like comic books, correct?
0: Comic books, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah I don't read books. Mm-hmm. Um, a new reader, <laughs> oh, I mean, you'd have to decide. You'd have to tell me exactly what kind of uh, what kind of heroes he's looking for. If um, if I want to just get into like regular superhero stuff, I would say any 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 spider-man book um you know from from the from the 80s or 90s uh, um i guess if there's a uh if there's a trade paperback of the mcfarlane run well, i would say great start there uh, you, yes you, that actually
0: that yeah. just came out they yeah. just oh that. really yeah i will
3: buy that because yeah. the, that that's a great place to start you get you get you get a lot of his rogues you get him at you know the the, the, the beginning of his marriage with uh, mary jane um it's still street level crime as well as venom are you kidding me and everybody you know if you telling me uh telling a kid today a kid today knows who spider-man is kid today knows who venom is because they they've been in the um you know entertainment over you know, the last few years with the movies so start there you, you'll you'll have a great way of doing it if i want to confuse them you know <laughs> give them the, give me uh, give them any x men stuff <laughs> uh, okay any x men stuff um you know and, and if i want to give them something to read you know and and get something out of it um and i would give this to uh, anybody uh who is a comic book fan or not uh, a graphic novel if they're a graphic novel fan i would say um it's it's always going to be uh, watchmen first and then Squadron supreme second
0: Wow. Cool, okay. okay. Oh, so I guess well, I should follow this up. Just you know, um, what is who is your favorite? Like, what are you still reading now? And then, who is your favorite character now?
3: I am not reading now. I am not okay. reading now. Anything that I know about that's happening now is either through you guys, or I'll catch something on like um, on a YouTube channel, something like that um man we're we're sorry
1: arco we're gonna have to step up our game then to keep you yeah. up to date here i feel like we've been no spiking. it's okay
3: <laughs> no it's fine it's fine it's not a problem okay i can't afford it um but um cool. and and, but uh as far I'm, I'm sorry james what was the second part of that question well, who's
0: your favorite is spider-man still your favorite character now that like i know you know when you were younger spider-man was your character your go-to guys he's still at the he, top he, of your list. he
3: would still be my go-to guy right now um uh, there's just something about him, James. You know how much I loved him. A uh, little known fact: uh, back in 2003, when I was uh, still married and turning 30, my wife at the time threw a Spider-Man themed surprise party for me. That's how much that's how much I the ca- nice. uh, how much I, I love the it. character. So uh, I would say the Spider-Man for me is my favorite character in the comics. That doesn't mean it's the best story all the time. It doesn't mean it's the best characters or the best group because we all know who who that is for me. But you know, if I'm just starting out with my kid or something like that, then yeah, Spider Man the way I'm going.
0: All right, That's not yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's a great choice. I just you know, people change like people change. Like we had the whole episode about a hero, so you never know from childhood to adult if your if your first hero is still going to be your hero when you get older. But um, Spider Man's a great answer. Right. No, actually, uh, so
1: it, really quickly to that end. Arco, have you found that your reasons for loving Spider-Man or appreciating Spider-Man? Do you do you feel as though they've shifted as they as you've gotten older? Do you feel like they've stayed pretty consistent? Like how how do you like what's your what's your journey there? Oh well,
3: when when I was a kid and watching it on television, I loved it because it was on television. Okay, um, I when when I picked up the comics, it was fun because the guy was. He's beating people up and he's telling jokes at the same time. It was awesome. He was <laughs> yeah. he was a young he was a young man. you know he started out as a teenager. he's a young man. He's still a young man, obviously in the comic books. But I learned to appreciate him even more, especially in the 90s and the 2000s oh, forget the 90s because Spider-Man in the 90s was terrible. Okay, we all know it, and uh, yeah, Clone Shota. Saga, the electric suits—it <laughs> was terrible. It was, it was so terrible. However, in two thousand, with when, when Straczynski took over, he made him a even more um, relatable character who had mm-hmm. flaws like everybody else, who was trying to get through, trying to make a paycheck. You know, he went back to school. He's teaching. He's trying to make his marriage work. He's but while while he still had the responsibility that he put on his own shoulders to do the right thing every single night. Every, every time he could, he would. He would be out there risking his life to do the right thing. And what, uh, my, when I saw the movie in, um, in, in December, we saw it on the Thursday night that it opened up, um, No Way Home. And my niece was with me, Samantha. She asked, she's like, it was a little, the, the ending was a little depressing. You know, it was like, what happened? And I explained to her, I said, Spider-Man can never really have everything that he wants. He really can't be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, his, that's his, it's, it's, it's a curse uh, that he puts on himself. Nobody else puts mm-hmm. it on him. He does it on himself. And don't we all feel like that every once in a while that we put a little bit too much pressure on ourselves? Imagine that we had to go out and have to try and oh. save people's lives or see people die right in front of us often. You know, so that to me is he is a great character, but he's a tragic character also.
0: Yeah, that's yeah.
2: relatable because we.
0: So, um, well, we have a lot more we want to discuss with you. We're mm-hmm. going to do another episode right away where we have oh, something yeah. to discuss with you. But as we wrap this episode up, as we've been doing lately, we want to talk about any uh, recommendations that we are reading watching consuming that we might want to share with the audience um argo i know to impar- prepare you for this do you have any recommendations you would like to um, give
3: yeah okay so uh, you know watching uh television a lot and uh, i have every single streaming platform known to man um i know, <laughs> I, I, I know you guys <laughs> yeah, have yeah, been uh, talking about the uh, book of boba fett fantastic i uh, i'm gonna uh, you know all in on that and uh, but i'm not sure if you mentioned it once before um, if anybody wants the Sopranos, but um, in in with a, in a cowboy scene, please start watching Yellowstone.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Just, okay. Yeah. I'm glad to hear somebody talked really, about that. I was
3: thinking about that. It is fun. It's dirty. It's 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 action packed, and it makes me want to go out and get a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, cool! Right.
1: Watch it, yeah. oh, you're, not buying, you're oh. not buying comics anymore right. so you yeah. can definitely go out and just do that yeah. uh, trust me yeah. I
3: can't afford a comic of a horse yeah. so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Joe uh, do you have any recommendations for this, this week
2: yeah the football this weekend that's what I'm recommending no, we'll get the hell out, out of here, here. I, don't, I don't know how you as last after flashy.
1: last weekend there's no way this weekend matches up
2: <laughs> I th- yeah, I don't think so, Chris, but let's let's hope that uh, we get something close to it um, reading wise. Um, no, there's nothing new on the horizon right now. I'm waiting for my my uh, my uh, box of comics. that comes once at the end of each month. It's getting smaller and smaller what I get. So um, uh, there's, uh, I know there's there's two back to back issues of The Flash, 777, 778. So, yeah, I'll just uh, I'll recommend the NFL and the, the Flash. And, uh, there you uh, go. Chris, you
1: got anything? <laughs> Uh sure. Um I'm going to go with um it's it's called Sheets by Brenna Thumler. Um it's on it's on you guessed it Hoopla. Um, but it's it's it's, fun. A hoopla, it's, a, it's a nice light read. It's a it's a fun art style. Um it's a it's a fun premise these these ghosts uh, in a that basically are in sheets in a laundromat. Um that's run by a basically run by a girl uh, whose father is sort of checked out since since his wife died. Um, but it's but it's it's a nice read. I, I enjoy so sheets by Brenna Thumler, um, and then I would also suggest in the this is a book, um, but it's a real short one. It's a real short read, but it's by Cassandra Kaw. It's called Nothing But Blackened Teeth, and it is creepy as hell. Honestly, I bought it because the book jacket art mm-hmm. was um was creepy looking. But uh, that's what but, I need
3: nightmares. It, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it'll, it'll, no, it'll, it'll do that.
1: Um. So I, I it was it was a short enjoyable um scary read so nothing but and teeth by cassandra by by cassandra kaw
0: that's a good those are good recommendations i was looking at the, actually that uh read uh for sheets so now i'll have to pick it up now that you're sort of yeah
1: yeah no it's it's good and there's um i know i can't remember i read the the sequel recently but that's also of course on on hoopla but um there's a sequel to sheets that i can't remember offhand and um it's also it's also enjoyable
0: mm-hmm. oh look it up I'll look it up um well, I, I we've spoken about it already. I was going to recommend New Avengers since I'm rereading it, but <laughs> I, I'm Oops. so I, glad I
1: was. And here I was worried that we were going to get through an, a whole episode without James being poached. But uh... well, it's, it's not <laughs> well, even poached. I but know, I,
0: I, I, we, uh, we have We some conflicting views about its level of uh, mm. enjoyment. But. Uh... <laughs> I think the artwork is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can all say get by the artwork of oh, Brian Hitch, but yeah. uh, I, I'm enjoying the story so far. But I'm, I'm only past, just past the um, Avengers disassembled and the building of the new team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, I got um, some feelings about it too,
1: but yeah, I hear you.
0: So, uh, but I recommend that, and I actually also recently watched the movie Free Guy with um, with uh, Ryan Reynolds. So I recommend Free Guy also. I think okay. by I think oh. February it's going to be on Disney Plus for free. But Ooh, nice, okay. If you want to watch it ahead of time, it's on Amazon. That's where we saw it, and it's a really fun movie. It's got a lot of heart. It's mm-hmm. uh, and it talks. It's basically in the world of everything we talk about. Pop culture pops in all the time in that movie, so uh, I, I recommend
1: watching Free Guy. Cool and uh, uh, really quickly, the the sequel to Sheets is called Delicates. Uh, mm. Oh,
0: great, excellent. I'll look for that too. Um, but before we go, Arco, please plug everything because you have your own podcast, which yes, is excellent, please. called. Um, Movie Challenge Accepted, yes. so if you could uh, you want to plug that and anywhere where people can reach out to you and find you.
3: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. So uh, me and my uh, podcast mate uh, Jason Allison have a podcast called Movie Challenge Accepted and the premise is fairly simple. Uh, we challenge each other to watch films that we would not normally watch unless there was a gun to our heads. And uh, we've, we're have uh, we about two and a half months into it and we uh, have an episode every week. Um, we've gotten some good feedback on it And most importantly Since we're not getting paid for it We're having fun And uh, it's 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 been really good uh, Jason and I have a good rapport um, And uh, you know Please give, give us a listen If you have a chance On any uh, any of the um, platforms Where you get your podcasts uh, Spotify I know is popular Most of the people that we deal with Are on the Apple podcast So they're getting it from there If I could just go back real fast uh, On a recommendation If you don't mind Um, I'd be I'd be remiss if I did not say that my my friend Jason Allison is also a writer, and he was just published his his very first uh, short work was published for the very first time. Um, Cool, yeah, and uh, you can find it on. It's called uh, the the magazine is called The Rock and a Hard Place. Uh, You can find it on Amazon. And uh, other places, I'm sure, but uh, you can find that on Amazon. The name of his story, which is a short story but very memorable, I promise you, is called "The Trunk." If you have a chance for people, definitely give it a shot. You can download it on your Kindle. And let's be honest, um, people who are starting out in writing, all young writers, are, you know, they they definitely deserve and need our support. So um, give it a, give it a look, and I promise you, you'll be happy with it. The trunk. No, that's great by well, Jason Allison.
1: We'll include that in the uh, in the show notes too. Yeah, That's thank great. you, thank you. Yes, um, put a link to your podcast as well. Yeah, um, please, because I I can also just really quickly I can speak to what I what I appreciate Arco is that you guys do have a good rapport. Thanks. Um, but I like that there is there is that sort of odd couple feel to it without feeling like it's being forced or anything. I don't feel like the picks <laughs> that you well you know I I could because I, I could very easily see this idea of. Oh, you know, what would be good is if we, if we did this, if we just had very, very different picks from one another, like, like, you know, total opposites, mm-hmm. and that'll be our, our hook, right? right. And, um, and really leaning into that as, as a way to, to sell the podcast, instead of this being like a reflection of your, your relationship and your interests. So I do think you have good rapport. And, um, and I, I, I appreciate that it doesn't, it doesn't sound to me, it doesn't sound like you're, you're forcing the picks or anything like that. I think it happens organically. So yeah, it, it
3: really does. And, and yeah, Jason, no, great. Jason, let's say on the last one, he goes, I've been picking in the middle of, uh, in the middle of when we're in the middle of the podcast, when we're recording, I'm picking with the, with the, have you watch next time? Meanwhile, <laughs> I've been curating a list because I, we've <laughs> have seen so many films, of uh, uh, the same films and uh, you know I want to show him things that uh, he's not seen and vice versa it's a lot easier for him to show me films that I've never seen because trust me I don't like most of the films that he that, that he's seen <laughs> but uh, you know so it's harder for me and uh, but he's been having fun he's been a good sport and he's been turned on to the MCU when he, the, he said it he goes I never thought I would have enjoyed him as much yeah, as I have and really I guess that's cool. the whole point of this yeah yeah that's no, great
2: and you got him to watch The Taking of Pelley. No, he got me, me right to watch
3: that. I, 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 oh, oh, yeah. Let me oh, tell you. you, you and you that oh, was a great film. Was,
2: I'm sorry. I, 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 I apologize. Great film. one of my favorite <laughs> films of all time. Yeah,
3: ah. yeah really yeah, good.
2: He, yeah, right? Great movie. Great movie. The, re- the, re- the remake wasn't so good. Yeah. But um, that was a great film. Yeah. Thank
0: yeah, you, guys you, to bangers, we
3: appreciate that. I
0: wanted, and I'll just also say, I really enjoy the fact that when you guys disagree or you don't like you, you don't um, you know, pardon my cursing, but shit on shit on the movie or or the people involved. Like you, yeah, like, yeah, and you have discourse and, about it. You have intellectual you? conversation. Yeah. You think about why they yeah. made the choices they did instead of just saying, "Oh, that was crappy. I can't believe you made me watch." Like it was. There's actual. Real intelligent discussion going on. Yeah,
3: well, yeah, I I guarantee if you re-listen to the Transformers episode, Jason was barely <laughs> holding back on that one. However, we definitely not dare to shit on anybody. These people, any bad movie is far more than I will ever get to do that people will see. So, uh, I won't shit on anybody's work, and uh, we we our opinions are our own, and we have fun with them. That's all.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely, because I've heard, you know, I, if you listen to it off YouTube and other podcasts, sometimes people's response is like, what did you think? I didn't like it. And they move on. Like, yeah. well, what does that mean? What does that mean?
2: <laughs> well, Arco, if you want to blow his mind and, and get him to uh, use a lot of expletives, uh, and you'd probably do the same thing, Get him, watch Superman uh, uh, fall. Uh, uh, that'll do it, man. That'll make any, that'll make anybody lose uh, it.
3: How drunk John Cryer's <laughs> career survived that is beyond me. <laughs> I mean, How
2: anybody's that is beyond anybody. All the way to becoming Westley
1: himself. Be. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it is it worse than is it worse than uh, Star Trek parallel parking in space? I'm just asking for future reference. That's all I'm trying to.
2: Star Trek parallel parking in space is at least it has production guys. <laughs>
1: okay. Right? okay, I'm just trying to get a handle. Superman on
2: it four this. has a horrible script. Mm. Uh, it's got Christopher Reeve in it, so but but still, but it has no production values. It's a, it's 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 right up there with Oof. plan line from Outer Space, and the, oh. the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. All right, that's I how think They have Gene in
0: that too. <laughs>
2: And oh hey, Gene Hackman, yeah, I don't know that they, they escaped all... Gene Hackman yes, escaped. Gene I just H- saw yeah. Christopher Reeves. Well, yeah. what, we don't
0: want to talk about that. Well, um, thank... and Arca, you have an Instagram too, right, for your podcast?
3: Yes, it's uh, it's at Movie Challenge Accepted is our Instagram. So uh, if anybody is interested, you can just uh, like our uh, like the Instagram, uh, follow us there, send us a line, and uh, you know, drop us a line and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we we'll always take suggestions. You know, a lot of suggestions are. Hey, I hate to say it, but a lot of them have been a little bit on the silly side. Um, You know, I'm not gonna have Jason watch a movie that I wouldn't watch. (laughs) So uh, you know, so that goes out the window. Anything from sci-fi pretty much covers that. Um, and uh and that's it. So thank you very much for letting me uh let me plug that, James. I appreciate that.
0: No, our pleasure, our pleasure. Well, Arco is going to be joining us for another episode. Um but as always, um thank you, Joe, for being here.
2: You're quite welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys.
0: Uh Chris, thank you for being here. My pleasure and um thank you everyone for listening if you want to find us uh, and and join in the conversation we have the facebook group secret origins of am condition on facebook um secret origins mc is the gmail and the uh, gmail and uh secret origins mc is the instagram if you have the time we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review our uh, podcast as well that will help us get out to more people and we thank you for listening and we will talk to you soon